Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza celebrated 50 years in the city. They're still making it great. And through the month of October, Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with a garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies. All for just 50 bucks. Pick it up at any of the 14 Edmonton and area locations. We just did an hour with Marty, uh, Marty McSorley. We were right up against it with the clock. We're going to get to Corey Promen in 31 seconds time, but first... Um, this text comes in out of Edmonton. Bob, uh, your touchback safety interview with Marty McSorley was awesome. Love hearing from Marty. He's a class act. Uh, another text, uh, Brendan, you can answer this one. Is the Marty McSorley interview available on SoundCloud or something? I missed the beginning, and I want to hear it from the start. Brendan? Uploading right now, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever else you get your streaming audio. And where did the Fizzlers... Here it is right here. (laughs) This is funny. Uh, The Fizzler. Bob, finally an in-depth look at the Oilers in the 80s. This is an unexplored topic, and I'm glad to see Oilers now redressing this historical oversight. Yeah, the show's called Oilers Now, and the feature all summer uh, was the Legend Series. And there's no question, based on the response uh, we got on the text line, on our Heartland Fort text line out of Fort Saskatchewan, people dug into it uh, for sure. Not a lot of players like Marty McSorley coming through the draft these days, but uh, the Edmonton Oilers have moved into the top 10 of NHL organizations with farm system rankings, according to our next guest, Corey Pronman. He is with The Athletic. We see him on our trails during the seasons. Hello, Corey. How are you doing? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're wor- what are you up to now? Eight, number seven. How high have you got? You climbed your way up to at this stage. Carolina number eight went up today, and seven will go up tomorrow. All right. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers in the top ten, and they have not been there for a while, so give me your perspective on why you've got the Oilers as a top ten organizational uh, depth-wise in the NHL. Yeah, and they they were, you know, around that range when they were having, you know, the top three or the the first overall picks. But, uh, you know, I think what's different from this year is, uh, I think, you know, you saw that they were patient with some of their top prospects. And, you know, they gave Bouchard an extra year in junior. They gave Tyler Benson some time in, in the American League. Uh, those players seemed to develop well. Bouchard was the best D in the OHL. Benson was just outstanding uh, in the American League last year. And, and now you really see, you know, a farm system that with those guys, with Phil Broberg, with the positive development of Samarukov, um, and, and a couple others down in Bakersfield, 
this is a farm system now that looks that could produce a couple of really quality players and a lot of players that could play you know, throughout the various parts of the Oilers lineup for the next three years. All right. Well, uh, you've got Philip Roberg, if uh, people can check it out at The Athletic. You've got him ranked as the Oilers' top prospect. I would probably even argue that one with you. That's the beauty of the situation. But you've got Broberg 1 and Bouchard 2 and Sam Arukov 3. And people will say to me, uh, and so I'm going to ask you the same question, how do these guys rank in terms of um, – the sort of upside versus maybe a Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear. Are we talking a whole different kettle of fish here in terms of the type of prospects these guys are? Yes, especially the first two. You, know, you could flip, I think, Bouchard and Broberg you know, one-two in any order, but those two are the guys with you know legitimate top-pairing potential, guys who could be drivers in the NHL. Bouchard has the potential to play on a first power play unit. I think Broberg has the potential to be a, a real tough-minute uh, two-way defenseman, uh, you know those are those are hard guys to acquire. I like Caleb Jones and I, and I like some of those guys in uh, in Bakersfield, but you know th- those two guys, you know, definitely are top-tier prospects. But Sam Marukov is a guy who just has all the tools. He's a great skater, great puck mover. You can play at both ends of the ice. Uh, he has size. I, he's a guy who looks to be a guy who can become a, a good NHL player, even though he wasn't. A high pick like Bouchard and Broberg. Were. What do you like the most about Broberg? Well, I mean, you know, it's an easy answer there in terms of it just the skating is dimensional. I mean, you don't find six three guys who can skate the way he can all that often. And when you when you add the fact that he's got skill and he can and he can move the puck, I'm not saying the skill is is high end or he's got you know Bouchard's vision or, or shot, but. There's just so much ability there. You can break open a shift uh, at any given moment, uh, mostly because of that skating ability. And the skating ability helps him defensively, too. See, I have got Bouchard at some point during this season coming up to Edmonton. I think Sam Arukov will likely be if the order is at some point next season. And then uh, Broberg, you know, a year in Sweden, maybe part of a year in uh, Bakersfield next season. I mean, the orders are in a different spot. Now, Tyler Benson's an interesting player. You've got him ranked the fourth best uh, prospect. Uh, he's sort of had an, a, a rocky go throughout the course of his career, but he certainly had an intriguing season last year, didn't he, Corey? Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you don't usually see 20-year-olds, you know, when you, you know, become, you know, all-stars in the league, at least in terms of being voted as the end-of-season All-Stars, because that's usually a poll of the coaches and the managers, etc. And it just goes to show you know, how dominant he was down there, being a point of game, a driver on that power play. He, uh, you know, the vision is, that he has is really high-end. Uh, you know, the, the main question of him is, aside from the health he's had over, over the last few years, health issues, um, I misspoke there, would be just the fact that he needs to probably get a little bit quicker. Not, not bad skating, but it's not high-end skating, yep. but you know, I think you look at the, the Oilers roster now, and I'm not, I'm not saying there's you know there's there's a possibility that especially with with Puljujarvi gone, even though he's a right shot and Benson's a left shot, if if he has a really good camp, he could be a guy who could push for ice time this season. Yeah, I think we both would agree on that. You've got Raphael Lavoie at number five ahead of Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, you had a lot of time for uh, Lavoie, didn't you? At the draft, yes, I think there were there were times in the middle of the season where I was skeptical because he had that really bad scoring slump uh, during during the middle of the winter. Uh, but he really turned it on towards the end of the year, and particularly into the playoffs, into the Memorial Cup, where 
I mean, you look at the guy, he's got size, he's got skills, he's got a great shot, he skates well for a guy his size. Uh, when he's on and he's engaged, he can be a real force. And I thought he was solid at the World Junior uh, Tournament in the summer, too, even if he didn't score a ton. So, I mean, you just look at that. And I like Yamamoto a lot, too. Don't get me wrong. I think both of them are very good players. But Lavoie is a guy who, from just watching the last few years, I've seen his bad games, but I've seen a lot of his good games, too. And there's a really unique toolkit there if, if, it, if, he, if he hits. Yeah, I, I can't. Uh, the owners the last two years in the second round have drafted some guys that have got some size that are intriguing prospects. And the guy they took a year ago, Ryan McLeod, had a really good training camp. Uh, he certainly can skate. Was he a disappointment offensively, do you think, in the OHL last year? Yeah, and he's really just, he's a really tough player to evaluate. I've, I've seen a lot of McLeod the last couple of years, and he looks like a guy who should have dominated the OHL. I mean, he's 6'3". He's not just a good skater. I think he's a great skater. He's got great vision. He's got skill. Like, he, you look at that, you figure, oh, he must have had, you know, a point and a half a game uh, last year, and, and he didn't. And I watched the some of his games, and I thought some of his games he was really good, and I saw a lot of his other games where he really didn't do a whole lot. But I remember his camp he had, and I've seen the things he can do on the ice, and... I definitely think there could be an NHL player there. You know, is he going to be a top six forward? Like maybe you would have thought he could have been, you know, two years, two, three years ago. You know, that's, I would probably lean to no in that regard. But, you know, there's definitely some positive things to say about him. From the athletic Corey Pronman, uh, he does the organizational uh, sort of rankings, Edmonton ninth best in age, which is, you know, and, and we've had this conversation lots, and you brought up a great point. The Oilers had those, you know, when future watches were out, well, the Oilers had all that. They would include anybody 21 or under, so that included NHL players. So you were talking about, you know, Drysaddle in the NHL or McDavid in the NHL or prior to that, you know, Nugent Hopkins and Hall. A little bit different perspective now because these are sort of, with all due, maybe not so much to the D, but certainly with the forwards, a lot of secondary uh uh, prospects that Edmonton needs to hit on. What do you think the chances are uh, with Caleb Jones, just circling back to him? I mean, obviously doesn't have the same pedigree in his draft year as a Broberg or Bouchard. Uh, do you think he's a legitimate NHL prospect? Yeah, I do. And, yeah, I don't expect him to hit the high points of a guy like Bouchard or Broberg just because I don't think he has those kind of dynamic elements in his game. But I think, you know, you he's definitely you know, a good skater, good puck mover, can play at both ends. You know, when I watched him last season, I thought, you know, there's definitely, I think, an NHL player there. You know, is he going to be, you know, a 20, 20, 20, 20 to 22-minute-a-night kind of guy in the NHL? I, I would probably say no, especially given who's on the team right now and who's coming. Uh, I think it, it would be hard for him to hit that, but I think he could be, you know, a good I think he could be an NHL player for the Oilers. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about Cooper Marodi because he put sure. up the numbers. Um but when we saw him up here at Edmonton, there was a lack of explosiveness in his quickness, and he's yeah. not big enough not to be explosive. So uh, I'm going to be intrigued to see where he goes. How do you see him? Yeah, that's that's kind of been a book on him, you know, for most of his career. I, I watched him a lot when he was at Michigan, and that was the thing. He, his skill, his hockey sense, are are really good. And I, I don't think he's a terrible skater, but it's very average uh, quickness, and you have to respect what he's did at the end of his career in college, particularly last year as a pro, even though he was a bit of an older pro, it was still a fantastic season. And I, whenever I watched Bakersfield, you you saw him making an impact. So, you know, with all that considered and, and how smart a hockey player he is, I think he could make it. 
Um, you know, is that scoring going to translate the same way into the National Hockey League where he's going to be a power play guy, tough to score for the, for the Oilers? You know, it, it really will depend how much that skating comes for him. But I definitely could, you know, given what he did last year in the American League, you know, he definitely looks like a guy who should at the least, very least get a, get a long look by the Oilers. And there's two more guys I want to kind of hit on here. One's William Lagason. you got him ranked 15th. I believe he's got yeah. a chance to make the team this year. Um, safe to say he maybe exceeded expectations for some people in the AHL last year? Yeah, because he really didn't really score a whole lot, you know, for most of his prospect career. And then last year he did score. I mean, he, he had, you know, I think he had something like 20-something points, and I, it was you know an, an impressive year. And I, I just saw Ryan Kennedy from the Hockey News. He interviewed Dylan Wells, the goaltender down in Bakersfield, and Wells was just praising Lagesson, uh with with um, with really high regard, and I, I I respect the player in terms of his his mobility, his sense, his ability to defend. I've always wondered if the offense and the puck moving would be NHL level. Uh, last year was at least you know made, made me rethink that a little bit, but that's just my main concern is when he gets to that top level. I know he can defend, but can he move the puck? That was why I don't have him raised higher than Jones or, or Samarukov, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, what about, who do you think is the best goaltending prospect, Corey, for the Oilers? I think it's kind of uh, Konovalov, and, and I like and I like Rodriguez, and I think he's got talent, but when I watched Konovalov last year, I just saw a goalie who just has exceptional hockey sense, and what he did you know, versus men last year in the KHL, I think was, was very impressive at that level. He played at the international level with the national team and, and was very good. Um, you know he's he signed there for a few more years, so you're, you're not going to see him uh, immediately. But I think even though he's not the biggest goalie, I think he's a guy who could could be an NHL goalie one day. Yeah, absolutely, Corey. We appreciate your time. We'll touch base with you down the road. Okay. Yep. Sure thing. You bet. That is Corey Pronman with the Athletic. It is 147 in Edmonton. The order is ranked ninth. Uh, of course, these rankings do not include Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, uh, who are both 23 and under right now. So keep that in mind. What are you shaking your head? Because when you factor those guys in, there are there. Are, have you seen some? I know the sports forecasters out uh, the Poolers Guide, which is put out by a bunch of guys uh, out of Quebec. Uh, that's out. Uh, I think the the Pooler Guide I think has uh, they're predicting. I think McDavid and Drysaddle number one and number three. And every publication so far has got Connor at number one. Of course, he came in second in scoring last year because a guy out of Tampa Bay went supersonic gin and tonic. Um, and they're, and they're better puck movers this year in Tampa Bay in the back end. By the way, Braden Point remains unsigned, and guess who we have on as a guest tomorrow? In studio to discuss being an NHL agent and what goes into it, how he got into it, uh, and some stories along the way. Jerry Johansson from... Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. 
They have tons of innovative products, like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Um, the Sports Corporation. 148 in Edmonton. When we come back, this day in Oilers history, this is Oilers Now. This is Zach Cassian from the Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Tech. Thanks, Zach. It's uh, 151 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan S. Scott with you. We're going to head off to the Stain Oilers history for New West Travel. Ask about their Oilers Now hockey road trips to New York City. Almost sold out for that one. And Chicago. You can reach them online at newwesttravel.com. Brendan, what do you got? Well, back in 1987, Bob, Grant Fuhr makes 32 saves as Canada opens the 1987 Canada Cup with a 4-4 tie against Dominic Hasek and the Czech Republic. Now, Wayne Gretzky had a pair of assists in that one, and Paul Coffey scored Canada's fourth goal. That was an interesting team in 87. Three of the greatest games ever played. All 6-5 final scores from the 87 Canada Cup. Norman Rochefort on defense, underrated player out of the Quebec Nordiques on that team. Not what I remember the most. Uh, Dan Kelly doing play-by-play? Oh, yeah. He was damn good. Let's get to some texts on our Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. By the way, Brendan, we we, we should do this, uh, and it was... First of all, it was your idea to come up and make all this additional work for me during the course of the summer, so thank you. <laughs> you were not alone in that venture. That went right across the Chad board. Yeah, we had a lot of, uh, you know, uh, special thanks to all the former players. And uh, who do we, we we had Ken Hitchcock on, mm-hmm. Dwayne Rollison, Brian Hall, who's a legend uh, in his own mind, uh, and is still very sharp mind. And the great thing about Brian is we could go back to the 1800s in the city as well, so... <laughs> Just kidding, Halsey. Uh, and then we went uh, Kevin Lowe, Wayne Gretzky, Glenn Anderson, Fernando Pisani, and Marty McSorley. Are those that did we miss anybody? I think we got it. I wanted to thank Barry Stafford, who has worked a lot with Kevin Lowe over the course of the last couple of years on sort of the uh, alumni development side of things as well as Patrick Garland, who's now heading up that area as well. Those yes. guys from the Oilers really helped us out in coordinating some of these interviews. So there you have it. Uh, I, I think there's a good chance we'll continue the series next fall if we can convince uh, touchback safety or being aboard. We do have a lot more text. So did you enjoy doing it? Absolutely. It was a lot of fun. And I'd like to say thank you to the listeners for providing the feedback. Yeah. That's how we yeah. know that it was a success. Uh, this text comes in. Listen to that McSorley story about the Canadians stealing the sticks and measuring them. Just another reason to hate the Montreal Canadiens and the list is ever going. Uh, Bob, uh, when uh, Marty goes up to the Heroes of Hockey event in White Court, can you make sure you uh, tell him to hit up Liberty Donaire? <laughs> I think Liberty Donaire just got themselves a plug here on Oilers now. Uh, out of Smoky Lake, Alberta, Bob, it was great. I could listen to those old stories all day long. Paul says, Bob, crazy McSorley story, but my uncle... Uh, or he bit my uncle on the cheek in a fight back in the 1980s from Paul. So he's thinking Chris McSorley. 
because I'm pretty sure it was Chris McSorley that bit. You can look up Chris McSorley uh, on. Uh, I could have sworn it was Chris that that uh, bit somebody back in the day. Bob, I've been uh, really enjoying your interviews with all the greats. Uh, keep up the great work. That one comes to us from. Uh, Beth, uh, this text comes to us. That was my favorite Legends of the Game episode. Thank you, Bob, Brendan, and Marty. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's 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 fun doing them. And I learned every single guest that we had on, I learned something during the course. Of, you know, you like to think, well, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Brendan, I will tell you, when the Kings, when he came back in, after the seat, when the Kings knocked off the Oilers in 89, Edmonton won four cups in five years, and Wayne was pretty animated when they roared back from 3-1 down in eight. There were some bitter folks in Edmonton, and I looked at one of them every day in the mirror. Okay, And then for the Oilers, <laughs> I was working at Sports Night with Darren Detition, February 28th in 1990. We never did do a show that night. You know why? Because Bruce Buchanan was calling the game, and the game had to have gone on for like four hours. And the Oilers just threw down, and it was ugly. And, of course, we all hate it. Like, McSorley was, because we're Edmonton guys. We're cheering for our team, right? And uh, But Marty was, the thing that people don't know about Marty, it was he was a top four defenseman for L.A. Like he, had, he had, like, 15 goals, 41 points one year. He played a lot of minutes, and he had the best endurance of any heavyweight ever. Like, he could, his fight in Pittsburgh uh, with uh, Probert, that's the I don't care. One day we'll do a show best NHL fights of all. That's the best to me. That's the best NHL fight of all time. Isn't that what happens when we have Louis DeBrusque on? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hey, let me ask you this. I want to circle back. You and Dutchie working in the same quadrant of a building. Did you guys arm wrestle? Did all you guys do a bench press all contest? All the time. Which I was. was it? Uh, well, he was not as heavy in because Kyle uh, Chase uh, Darren was married to their their sister at that time. Okay. And so Kyle would come back, and f- we all wrestled. Like, oh, yeah. It was I, priceless. I, I used to, Ann Stark was the uh, producer at ITV, and I used to shot list uh, hockey and baseball highlights uh, for Darren, and then you had to write them to Darren's style. But, oh, yeah, we used to, uh, Greg Musselman was by. Uh, Greg was a heavy-duty uh, born-again Christian. I, on the other hand, was considerably further to the left on that specific issue. Not all issues, but on that issue. So we had some great animated conversations back in the day. Tomorrow, Jerry Johansson in studio tonight. What does the mega-talented Reed Wilkins have? Well, it'll be a bit of a swan song for the host of 6.30 Chad Mornings here, Bruce Bowie, and a former Montreal Expos GM, Jeff Malone, to talk about the 25-year anniversary of the 94 MLB strike. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everybody, for participating in today's interactive element to the show. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Cassandra Jovan, followed by the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News. With Jalen Nye. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.